Good morning once again. I was thinking about habits as we launch into this brand new series today. This is a habit that Don and I got introduced to almost 22 years ago, probably in the first year of our church. She happens to work for this precious woman, Dr. Teresa Allen. And we had a class. We used to have these classes before worship at AUM. And she taught one one time called Biblical Nutrition. If you were with us at AUM and took that class, raise your hand. Two in a sound. See, all the people raising their hands, they're still living. See, it's working pretty good for us. And she told us the importance of drinking lots of water. And we, my wife is exceptional at this. I'm, yesterday, I think I drank about nine gallons of water. I was out in the yard working in the afternoon. And I just could not get enough. But I, I do drink a lot of water. I want to drink more. So this, here, this is it. We'll have a prayer and go home. Your tip today is drink lots of water, the living water. Amen. You ain't getting off that easy, let me tell you. But that, that is, and I just thought about that. But I was thinking about habits. This morning, you had some habits. Uh, the thing is, you woke up to the sound of your alarm or your phone or some device, I don't know. And when you woke up, what did you do? You, you ran to the bathroom, you ran to the shower. Somebody was like, no, Pastor, I went and checked my email and my social media status. <laughs> That's kind of sick. And, uh, and somebody like, no, I couldn't wait to get to church and wait on Debbie. I saw people. Our people are like vultures. Miss Debbie rides up or Charles. And as soon as they ride up, they don't even say, good morning, Charles. Good morning, Debbie. They go, get any donuts? See, cre- we, we have conditioned you that you come get a donut or whatever. Uh, tomorrow, as soon as you get up, you run through your routine. And one of the things, you, you get your office and you turn on your computer and you do this and this and this. We all have these routines and these habits and habits, we don't even have to think about them. They're just ingrained in us, and we just begin to take off. So they're not even really a product of decision-making. They're just so much a part of who we are, we just do them. And it's important that we develop good habits. And I'm going to be talking about different habits over these four weeks. Today's more about how to make habits and what are habits and how do they work. And then I'm going to do one in a few weeks about the habits of the table. It's all about communion. I'm going to teach about the Lord's Supper, and we're going to celebrate that. And we'll talk about others. You see them listed in the worship guide, but let's keep going. There was a study at Duke University in the year 2006, and it said that they found that 40% of the actions that people perform each day weren't actual decisions, but they were habits. And what I'm trying to build a case for today is habits are so important. What you habitually do, what you pour into your life, and you do over and over, it can either be for your good, for your health, or for uh, death. <laughs> and you think about it, there's some habits right now. If you think about it, you begin to write them on your notes. You'd go, I've got some really good habits. And one of the weeks in here, I'm going to be talking about being a soul keeper. And it's about spiritual formations and the spiritual disciplines. And I'm quite ecstatic. I'll, I'll even use some stuff from John Ortberg. Join, John, join. John Ortberg, that great writer. And I, some of you have read the book, Soul Keeping. It's a great read. But what is a habit or a want? It's a routine of behavior that's repeated on a regular basis and tends to occur unconsciously, says the American Journal of Psychology. And I know you're going, Pfft. I know, I took psychology in undergrad, took all these pastoral courses in seminary, but psychology, and a lot of times we're going, ah, the, the pop art of psychology and all this, but there is some good things. And today, as I was preparing for this message, there's a lot in the science realm that really speaks into this thing about habits. I've gotten so intrigued. I've ordered books on habits. I'm learning about books. I, I read a book years ago by Tim Elmore, and it was called Habitudes. It's down there under your sources. If you want to circle it, it's a great read. And it's all about for high school and college and adults. 
But God wants to form these attitudes, these habits in our lives. But what's a synonym of, habit, of, a, of a habit? A practice, a usage, a custom, something that we do in a repeated fashion over and over and over. I think about different habits that we have that are good. We get up and we brush our teeth and everybody next to you said, we're glad. And if you, if you come in here this morning and say, I forgot to brush my teeth, run to the bathroom quickly. There's toothpaste there for you. No, there's not. That, that would have been funny if we had done that. But, you know, if we have the wrong habits, they, they jeopardize our health. And my goal as pastor is for you to spiritually be as healthy as you can be, that you might prosper, but even more, your soul prospers. You know what I'm saying, church? I want you to physically get along, and I want you to do well. I'll head down to the hospital this afternoon before our cookout to see a couple of people in the hospital, and right now, physically, they're not prospering too well. But oh, how I pray that they will be healed, but I pray that even more our souls will prosper together in Christ. Look at the very top of your outline. Look at it there. Galatians chapter 6, spelled out. little passage there, 6th chapter, 7th verse. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please his flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not, what? Give up. Just write out there in parentheses. Quit. Hey, and if somebody has, can get me a little more air in here, it would be greatly appreciated. I am hot. Are y'all hot? There's some woman in there going, glory to God, I got my sweater on today. It just feels good. And I'm just sitting here about to melt right here in front of you. And this morning, just a few hours ago, I was outside and the gentle breeze was blowing. Somebody said, pastor, it feels like fall. I wanted to be smart. I can go, it won't last long. Come to the picnic. We'll just come to the service. Okay. So here it is. Look at the top. Message truth. We need to break bad habits, keep good ones, start new ones by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Ghost, we need to start some new habits. How many of you think you need to start a new habit? Now, you ain't being honest with yourself. We all could start some new habits. And some of you are like, yeah, I know there's some habits I need to do. But here's what I know about habits. They're not it's never easy to erase a bad habit. I know that experientially, and so do you. But it is relatively easy to start a new habit that therefore will crowd out the old habit. Look here on the screen with me. Oh, my goodness. That, let's just look at it. Let's just salvate a little bit. I love, hey, women, how many of y'all love chocolate? How many of you, I'm your new, pa I'm your favorite pastor now, right? Look under your chair. There's a piece of chocolate cake. Man, that right there, this would be the greatest message preached today in Montgomery if I handed out chocolate cake in Jesus' name. Now, that is not a good habit, but that is a fun habit. Okay, let's look at the next slide. A beautiful, luscious, boring apple. But it's good for you. Hey, no comments. Okay, here we go. Here's what I tell you about the apple. Cheryl remembers this. Several years ago, we were in two services. So much was going on. I wish we'd go back to two services. Somebody said, oh, no, Pastor. I liked it because you could serve one, worship one, worship one, serve one. 
Because we have a whole slew of people over here in our education building and nursery right now taking care of people, and they miss worship. So I learned, Donna says, now, baby, you know you can't have caffeine. See, I'm just this, I'm just this jacked up with the Holy Spirit, okay? And, uh, and she said, you can't have sugar. Because I was thinking, you know what? We go to two services, and as hard as I work to preach, I'm going to have a donut in between, and maybe two, and they might be chocolate. I'm talking about, I would, I would be jacked up. I, I never even had a Red Bull, okay? And, and she says, no, baby, we need to find something healthy for you. I said, baby, I'm drinking my water. I drink lots of water. She goes, no, you need an apple. An apple, do you know for a few years when we had two services, did I not, Cheryl? I ate an apple in between each service. I'd go back to my office. I'd have that apple, and I'd go, I love my wife very much. And I had it. But it was good. It, it gave me just what I needed satisfied. And you're saying, well, you're being a fool. I, I just want to show you the power of habits where we replace bad habits for good habits, for healthy, for new ones. So here it is. So look at this question. I've even put it here, message question. How long does it actually take to form a new habit? And at this time, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you to answer me. So raise your hand if you think you know how long it takes. Okay, practitioner back there. Zach, how long does it take to form a new habit? Oh, I like the way he qualified. Me personally, two weeks. Yeah. All right, that's good. How long? One month. Who else? Where'd you get that at? Okay. 28 days. 24 hours. All of y'all are wrong. There was a myth that came out many years ago that it takes 21 days to replace a poor habit. And it was propaganda that came out, and it was preached so much that people began to believe it. And they said, 21 days will do it. Now, I know Zach's kind of ruined it as a pastor. I'm superhuman, 14 days. So, and Eric goes, well, I'm pretty spiritual. It takes me twice that long. I'm 28 days. But I, I, I got to doing some research on this. And it was fascinating, some of the articles about how long it took. So all these guys, uh, they, they did all these studies and they gathered like 1,600 people together. And they were trying to figure out if it would probably require at least a minimum of 21 days unless your name is Zach, okay? And... Uh, but this minimum thing, this common myth, and I've always, I've always heard my whole life, 21 days, 30 days, 28, excuse me, 28 days, you can replace this bad habit for a good habit, your life will be transformed. But I, get, I got to dig, and I said, man, is that really it? So there was this guy named Philippia Lally. That, what a weird name. Help, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to joke on him. Health psychology researcher at the University College of London. And they did all this study. They examined the habits of 96 people over a 12-week period. And as they went through this, they started looking at all these things, what they could do. And, you know, they, they could go running after they got home from work. And they could, uh, you know, drink all this water, do all these things. But they ended up with this answer, and, and I thought this was fascinating. They say, in all this sophisticated research... That it takes, are you ready? I want you to write it down. It takes 66 days to be exact according to this study. You're going, huh? Well, and I'm not trying to argue with my friends that said 14 and 28. And for some of you, it's going to take 500 days. All I know is when you start a new habit, I want you to write this down. It always takes work. Does it not? It takes discipline. Where do you get discipline? I know where I find my discipline is from God. I ask him, God, I am weak. 
Father, I am frail. That great passage we learned when we were kids in athletics, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. We could go all through the Old and New Testament and find passages and principles about how to form new habits. But I'm just thinking about what's it going to take for us to build into our life better habits. So that's the whole reason I'm doing this series is to get us to think about, oh, I agree, Pastor. I need some new habits and I need some spiritual habits. I need some other habits that are healthy and I want to focus on them. So let's look at this thing. How do I change? Right there in the middle of your outline. Get ready to write. Identify your cues, a substitute or substitute a new routine and enjoy the rewards. Do it again. Identify your cues, substitute a new routine and enjoy the rewards. In 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 9, these words of Peter say this. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Here's what I know. There, as I was studying this, there's this habit loop that we all go through. And all different researchers get together and they call it different names and different titles. But at the end of the day, we have a loop that we go through and we follow this process and we have like the first one is a cue it's it's a trigger that tells our brain automatically that we need to be doing something that something needs to change and there's a habit that needs to kick in and then it moves into the routine which is really some physical emotional mental exercise and then eventually what we learn is that there is a reward that we figure out our brain let's just figure out if we do this behavior there's some kind of reward that will come and if we like the reward we will do what repeat the behavior here's something I started three and a half four years ago I am religious I don't even like that word but in this I'm very religious I am habitual when I get up in the morning, within the first 15, 20 minutes for the most part, I quickly make it to the fireplace. I throw on my shorts and my T-shirt or whatever gear I need for the season. Now, God knows, it's so hot. And I put on my tennis shoes and I hit the track and I walk and I walk. And I've been doing it so long, it is so automatic. Donna, she just looks at me, you going walking? <laughs> yeah, you're gone. I just, I just take off. It's just, it's automatic. Now, I remember when I first started, for years, she goes, baby, I want you to walk. I want you to quit lifting weights. I want you to walk. This will be better for your heart. And she was so right. And I just didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. And then finally, one day, I got hooked on walking. And now it's like, I'm obsessed with it. You know when you have a habit, does it obsess you, anybody? It does. And this happens to be a good habit that's good for my physical body. And it's also good for you. And it's good for my soul because I find it to be an incredible intimate time with Jesus to walk. But there's three R's. Somebody else called these little triggers. They call them different. Write these down. I thought these were interesting. The reminder, the trigger that initiates the behavior. We have a reminder that comes to us. They're all R's, okay? Then it moves to a routine, the behavior itself, the action that you now take. And then it moves to the final R, the reward, the benefit that you might gain because you've chosen to change your behavior. I know this, Jesus Christ is all sufficient and he transforms us day by day as we get to know him and seek his face. Do I have a witness? And we need to be changed. We need to have holy habits. I cannot wait to build this series spiritually to talk to you about the power, the power 
of habits. And when those habits come under the control, when those habits are bridled by the Holy Spirit, I think good things happen. I think fruit is produced. Uh, seriously, can somebody walk over to these air conditioning units and cut them down? I mean, I think I'm fixing to come out of this shirt. I mean, it is really bad. I feel sorry for you. I'm looking at y'all, and I just feel sweat rolling everywhere, and I'm like, this is not a good day. I don't want to walk out there and greet you after the service and go, Pastor, you're wet. What happened? <laughs> I worked. Okay, here. So we got this habit loop. Uh, in the queue, the queue might be we're feeling lonely, we're hungry, we've got pain, the routine. We begin to act on these behaviors and the reward. We just get free. We, we find things. I, I found this one thing. It was kind of interesting. This, this one person, they, they had a habit. Every day about 3 o'clock or 3.15, they went to the break room to get a cookie. If you involve food in, I'm pretty much there. You know what I'm saying? And every day, I don't know if they had like low blood sugar or whatever, but they kept going to the break room and, and, and other people would meet them and they'd begin to talk and everything. And they start, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, bro. And, 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 and that's right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I remember one time years ago, I watched T.D. Jakes and he had a towel up here right now. Hey, you know what I'm saying, Pastor? Right now, I, I was laughing at him when I used to watch him on TV when he'd be sweating with that towel. But right now, I'm thinking a towel would be my best friend. Thank you, Chuck. Okay. I hope somebody didn't tune into the podcast and hears me talking about T.D. Jakes. Okay, about this. All right. So here, here's what they did. They drilled down this study, and what they found out was... It wasn't so much the cookie, although the cookie was good. The person, the habit forming was they wanted to socialize. In your office, have you found that there's a common... Oh, is that a handkerchief? Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Okay. There, 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 uh, there's a... There's a uh, boy, I'm just all messed up today, man. I'm sorry. I've been preaching here 22 years and, and this might be the hottest I've ever been. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm just on fire, you know? Okay. All right, so the chance to socialize. How, how many of you agree in your workplace, in your market, in your friendships, in your circle of influence, do you find that there's a habit that moves you toward that you crave socialization? How many of you would say amen? Yeah, and all the rest of you are introverts. You're like, are you kidding me? If nobody talks to me, it is a good day. And we have some of those people at church here, and I won't call them by name, but I could. And they are wonderful, God-fearing people. Awesome. They just don't really do people. And I don't know why they like me, and I like them, but man, when I get through, they're going, woo-hoo, had my caffeine for the day, gone. Okay, so here we go. So here it is, all these things about moving through habits and, and Christ shaping us, reconfiguring us. Like, let, let me just give this one to you. This is interesting. When the phone rings, a reminder, if you will, the, the phone acts as a trigger for you to do what? <laughs> oh, you're not at my house. Yeah, because I get tired of answering marketers, but it does. You want to go answer it. And then you answer the phone, and that's the actual behavior that takes on. So you answer the phone. But here's the reward. If it is the person that you want to be on the other end of the phone, glory. And if it's not, it is punishment. See, I know when my kids call, my wife lights up, joy is static, overflows, and I go, which one of the kids just called? And I know, man, they bring out the best in Mimi. They bring out the best in me, man. I am transformed. How about you? When your family calls you, don't you get overjoyed? Some of you go, no, they want money. 
that's that trigger I talked about. It could be reward, it could be punishment. I'm just saying, okay. You see, this lesson today, where I do a lot of usually exposition, a lot of deep stuff, today is more practical, setting us up for great spiritual formation. But I think you see applications of habits that God wants to form. And my prayer is that there'll be holy habits, holy disciplines that you will choose to put into your life. I remember when I met Jesus Christ 40 years ago. Seems like yesterday. I'd been walking with Christ. I loved him. I had a hunger for his word. He had changed my heart. And my spiritual mentor says, you need to get into God's word every day. You need to have time with Jesus to give him a chance to speak to you as you talk to him. And that was a good, holy habit. Last weekend, not to rehearse it, but I also was taught, you need to tithe. You need to give to the Lord. You need to give him your first fruits. I began that 40, amen. I began that 40 years ago. That was a holy habit. A lot of different habits I began to form. And there's some other habits I wished I had formed. And uh, when I look back, when y'all look back over your life, do you have regrets sometimes about some things? There's some things I wished I had done different maybe in high school. And, uh, but that's okay. You start where you are in the power of Christ and you move forward. Because we have, where the scripture talks about, we have these things that come against us, this struggle against the Christ-like habits that we would like to have formed in our life. We have the actual, we have the world. And the world system is against us. The world system is anti-Christ. Would you agree with me, church? And yet, the death of Christ is for us. And we can come against this unregenerated world. And we go, I can listen and take my cues from the world, or I can take my cues from Jesus, from his word, from the Holy Spirit leading my life. And then there's the flesh, this physical flesh, this frail humanity that we've got. And I found this out about our flesh. Our flesh will get us in trouble. Do you know what I'm talking about, church? And this flesh that wars against the Spirit. And yet, Christ is supreme. Christ makes us more than conquerors. I love what the Romans says. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. This morning, write that down on your worship guide somewhere. I want you to write down, I am more than a conqueror through my Jesus. Amen? Man, you can overcome. And you're saying, well, you don't know my habit, Pastor. You don't know my addiction. You don't know what I'm into. Oh, I think Christ can help you. Then there's that devil. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about him too much. But man, he comes to war against our soul and to come against us. And yet we have the victory of Christ. But let's look at the second one. We focus on a, a keystone habit. We focus on a priority habit in our life. Uh, as I was preparing for this message I've been thinking a lot lately, uh, some things, and trying to say, God, I need to lose some weight. I need to get some disciplines into my life and that. I've got these other things working in habits, but I, I've, I've got I've to figure this out, God. And I'm praying through that and working through that, and I'm, I'm trusting that wood will come. And, and as I kept digging and digging, I read this study. I thought it was interesting. It was in 2009, National Institute of Health. And they were going, you do these 35 things, you will lose weight. I've got to tell you what, if i got to do 35 things, I'm just going to be big for Jesus. 35 things. Let me tell you, if you want to be like Jesus, do these 35 things and you can be holy. Oh my goodness, man. We've got a bunch of legalists and Pharisees running around here and scribes taking notes. <laughs> but tell me one thing I can do to get to know the Savior better. Amen? So here it is. So here's what they said. They came down to all this and they went through all and they got 1,600 heavy people. They called them obese. I don't even like the word obese. Okay. And you know what they told them? I thought this was interesting. They said, keep a food diary one day a week. 
and you choose the day. And these people got so into it, they went, one day, how about if I do it every day? And they lost a lot of weight because they became accountable and they kept a diary. It's just a case that I've tried to teach you over the years. There's power in journaling with Jesus Christ every day, church. And when you journal, you reflect and you think and he transforms you through the word and you can go back and see his past faithfulness. It's just a beautiful thing. But look at this verse, Psalm 1, 2. Read it with me. You, will you read it with me, church? Read it out loud. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? There's the key. Meditation. Lord, I want to meditate on you. I want that to be the new habit of my life. Oh, I've done it in the past. I've done it some, but I'm not very consistent. So, Lord, I want to do this. I, I want to figure out. So a friend that I met in California near years ago named Renee. Renee's a pastor at a great church there on the West Coast. And he had this little exercise, and I got to thinking about it this week. And I've, I've had little scripture packets and little things I've done over the years and not done, done index cards. But he added a little new twist to it that I thought was kind of good. He said, go get you some three-by-five cards. So I just got me a few three-by-five. All y'all can get some of these. If you don't, come see me. I'll, get you, I'll buy you some. But go by the Dollar Tree and get you some. He said, then get you uh, some rubber bands, rubber band, and just wrap it around it. And just begin to write out some scriptures on the index cards. One per card. And he says, and then you might choose that there's one or two that you just want to reflect on that day or that week. And you just read it. You get up in the morning, new habit. You look at your card. You go to work. You look at the card before you get started. At lunchtime, you look at the card. The afternoon, you look at the card. He said, and then, I never heard, I thought this was pretty good. I think it's called the power of osmosis, but that didn't work. He said, put it under your pillow right before you go to sleep. Read it before you go to sleep. Put it under your pillow. And when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Somebody goes, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Well, after you do that, pull the card out and look at it. It's just the power of memorization. It's the power of meditation. Do you think the psalmist wanted to help us as 2018 believers in Jesus Christ? He did. And he knew the power of God's word would form habits, holy habits. So this is just a simple, inexpensive, you don't have to buy anything, really, just some cards, get a pen, write on there. Matter of fact, let me just give you some verses. I want you to write these down. These are some that I'll give you today. But man, you could use any of all the thousands of verses, just find, write them out. Here, let me give you a few right, real quick. I think you're good. Isaiah 41.10, I love the power of God's word. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and uphold you with my victorious right hand. Would that not be a great scripture just to write down and just to carry it around with you? Go to lunch, maybe look at it right before you have a, a meal or something. I don't know. Here, here's another good one. This is a classic. Every, every pastor, every teacher, every minister, every small group leader, they will pray this, or they will quote this, they will instruct you in it. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It didn't say pray about something. It says pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him. Thank him for all that he has done. That'd be a great passage. Here, here's a simple one. Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
How many need that word this morning? God, you're for me. You're not against me. You won't leave me. You won't forsake me. And oh, no, no, I, I could just go up one. And I'll give you this last one. I could give you so many. Philippians 4, 8. Now, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, and if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. You know why I share so much of the Word with you every weekend? Because these words are life. These words are, don't come get it. These words are eternal. These words will help you in your time of need. These words will secure you. This afternoon, when I go see two people at the hospital, I will pray with both of them. And they'll go, oh, Pastor Keith, thank you so much for coming. Probably. I don't know. If I took them a piece of that chocolate cake, I have a, whoa. -ho! The only thing is, if I take chocolate cake, it probably ain't going to get there. Anyway, but here, j just saying, just saying. If you, no, I'm, right, I'm going to get in trouble. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. I'll, I'll take them an apple. How about that? Okay. Yeah, boy, what a good pastor I am. Okay, here we go. Yeah, get back to this. Oh, that's, hey, that, that was good, Chrissy. That's, that's why you're so good at what you do. Amen. Here we go. All right, let's go to the next one. I think it's uh, Psalm 1-3. Can we get that? <laughs> Thank you. I never know what, you know what? I've thought about it. I never know even what comes up behind me. You know, sometimes when you're all laughing, I think I'm funny. But uh, okay, now what? All right, here it is. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, whatever they do, what does it do? Say it out loud. How many of you want to prosper? If you ain't got your hand up, what is wrong with you? I want you all to prosper. I want our church to prosper that we can carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. You're like, I don't want to prosper. This is, I'm not talking prosperity theology. I'm talking about just prospering in the goodness of Almighty God. Amen? And God blesses when we do his word. Let me give you some, some keystone habits for your life. They're going to come up. Here they are. Exercise, that's a good one. Bible study, that is excellent. Service, we beg about that around here. Journaling, fellowship, look at the right side. Family dinner, let me stop right there. This thing right here could transform families in this room right now. I am grateful for my bride of almost 39 years that she instituted that in our home from day one. And I miss, we still have dinner together every night, but I miss our little girls sitting around our table. That was sacred time. I've been a minister for 36 years, so I'd be gone a lot, but when I was home, we always made sure we sat down together and had family dinner. And I have taught the believers in this church since inception, and so has Donna, and I am amazed how many of you do not sit down and have dinner. I am rebuking you in Jesus' name to slow down and to rally around the table. Amen? Amen. Man, that's good for you. It's healthy. It's conversation. I know. You're like, ah, I got busy. Can we watch ESPN again? Can we watch the news again? Like, whatever. Just have some time around there. Here it is. Worship music. Man, that is a holy habit, man. Just the praises of God. Bible memorization. I talked about that. Gratitude. I just wanted to throw out a few things. These, these are just good keystone habits. Pick one. 
No, pick 35 and come back next week and tell me how you're doing. No, pick one and say, God, would you help me? I want to form good habits in my life. I want to be pleasing to Christ. Help me and he will. The Roman poet Ovid said, nothing is stronger than habit. Dr. Samuel Johnson said, habits are chains that are too small to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. Habits. God, break bad habits in our life. But start new ones. Help us form new ones that we see the light of Christ, that habits become very strong, that habits become very foundational. They, they frame our life for living, that we live for the master, Jesus Christ. But then some are want to just crawl back to the darkness and they want to crawl back to the addiction. They want to crawl back to the slain of the habits that keep them pushed down. And I know that Jesus is a liberator church and Jesus died that we could be free. Jesus died that we could have freedom. Jesus died that we could rise up in his strength and might and praise and magnify his name all the days of our life. And then we get to do that for all eternity. So God, destructive habits, they enslave me. But God, help me break free and form new habits that would be pleasing in your sight. I just got to tell you, church, I'm excited about this series because it's going to be practical. It's going to be filled with God's word. And I think it's going to help us. I think we'll be better for it. I think we'll be more like Christ. Isn't that the goal, church, is to know him better? Thomas Akempis said, habit overcomes habit. Habit just overcomes habit. He wants us, he's basically saying, I want you to build habits into your life. I want them to be strong. And we can overcome. You know, I, you know, I know right now, if, if we just got you to write down on your worship guide today, you wrote down bad habits. You probably all would have one or two or something like one or two, like there's not enough room on this worship guide, pastor. Well, just begin to let the Holy Spirit shine the light and say, Lord, would you help me? Would you give me the power to begin to break some of these one at a time? I want to be pleasing in your sight. I want to be like Christ. God, I want my witness to be greater than it's ever been. It's one of my roles as pastor is to try to help people find freedom and discover their purpose in life in Jesus Christ. What a joy. What an honor. That's what our church is about. So we replace a bad habit. Here it is. Replace a bad habit with a, a new habit. Replace a bad habit with a good habit. And you ask God, I don't, I don't know what the habits that you need to form in your life, but I think God can show you. And then, and just choose that, God, I want to stop the bad habit. Once and for all, I want to quit. God, I want to run from that. And look at the third point, trust in God's power. I'm asking you to do this. You cannot do this on your own. I can't do squat on my own. I certainly can come up here and preach or speak to you on my own. I'm not able, I'm not qualified. But in the power of Jesus and with him holding me and walking with me and filling me, then maybe i got something to say that's maybe life-giving that can help you in your journey that you can prosper. In Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But if you go on there through that passage, I want to jump over to the message, and I'm going to read verse 12, but also 13. 
What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Here it is from the NIV, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. How did I ask you to break these habits? I asked you to ask God to act out. I asked you to ask God to work in you that he might work through you. Man, that's the supernatural life of Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's here. And here it is right here. I'm, I'm going to close this thing up. We're about to walk out of here. The, uh, the five habits of highly missional people by Michael Frost. Man, this is just so, I looked at this and I said, I'm putting this in this week. I said, this might help somebody. It might change somebody's life. It might help somebody in a witness this week. One, bless. I will bless three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of our church. How many of you would like to be on the receiving end of that? Wait a minute. How many would like to be on the receiving end of that? How many would like to be on the giving end of that? I hope all of us. Look at the second one. I will eat with three people this week. I see, I already got jacked up about that one. At least one of whom is not a member of our church. I've already got meetings this week to meet with people. And a lot of them aren't members of our church, or some will be. I'm like, God, I got that one. And when it comes to this eating thing, I got this figured out. I got, you know, I got to figure out the other way. Listen, I will spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. Holy Spirit, speak. Give me ears to hear. Let me follow your promptings. Fourth, learn. I will spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. Being discipled in Christ. I'm kind of sad, guys. Uh, a week from this Wednesday, we finish our semester. We've been shaping and forming and growing in the power and the life of Jesus, haven't we, church? It's been a, haven't we, church? Yeah, I mean, like, this place is like full on Wednesday nights. They're like, I don't know. Like, I'm talking about you. Some of you are like, you ain't talking about me because I don't come. Well, repent. <laughs> come. You're saying, well, I'll come now. There's only one week left. Oh, well, bless your heart. But hey, when we start back in August, come. Be a part. Man, it's rich. And look at the last one, sin. I will journal through the week in all the ways I've altered others to the universal reign of God through Jesus Christ. I will share Christ. I'll make him known. You're saying, man, that's about habits. That's about habits. So I gave you some homework this week. Drink water. Eat an apple. Give some index cards. And today's Hallelujah Day. Eat a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> now, if you're diabetic, please don't. I like. I'm already going to the hospital. I'm going to know. Hey, you said eat it, man. I'm having a heart attack, Pastor. You know, I just want to be obedient. You know me. I'm an obedient member. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Thank you so much. I will wash this and bring it back to you. I could just go over there and say it's holy inspiration on it. Here we go. I know. I, I'm just a fool for Christ. Let's pray. Lord, it is so good. Oh, there you are. Lord, it is so good to be in your house. I thank you that we can laugh, that we can reflect, that your Holy Spirit can probe and can touch and speak to our hearts. And God, this thing called habits, I, I just trust you, God, that these four weeks together will be life-giving, that they will be life-changing through the power of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would shape me, that you would do new things in me, 
that you would do it in my fridge. You would form new habits that are holy and pleasing to you. Lord, we love you. We need you. Lord, I pray we'd cry out to Christ. If we don't know you, I pray we would just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need deliverance. I need a Savior. I need a Lord. Come. Come, Lord. Rule in my life. Let today be a, a new habit for me. I want to begin a walk of faith. I want to come back today. Lord, I've drifted so far, but today I want to come back to you. I want to come back to your heart. I want life abundant and full. God, you're good. And you are holy. And we bless you. Lord, thank you for friends and for brothers and sisters and guests. God, thank you for this beautiful day in Montgomery, Alabama that you've allowed us to gather in the house of the Lord. Send us out, but give us the ability to apply something that we've heard from your spirit today. Make us like Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.